it's on to you and I will take care of getting uh, Marshall on as soon as uh, he arrives. So on to you, Paul. Well, th thank you. Uh, obviously, we're uh, scraping the bottom of the bottom of the barrel now. We've got the media panel. Um, but uh, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, this is uh, uh, basically um, a chance for us to just get together and talk about the state of the world. We've had a good fun week this so far. I mean, it's not over. We've got a whole big day tomorrow. But, uh, you know, the media uh, has a place in, in our, our world. And before I introduce our guests, I, I think, uh, you know, the world's changed. Uh, everyone that has a, a mobile phone now is the media as well. Everyone who has uh, 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 the various apps for, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, whatever, you have a way of reaching audience. But the one thing we do is I think we bring perspective and we tell the story of the sport. And it, whether we do it in broadcast, whether we do it in, in print, whether we do it in digital, uh, we are the, <clears throat> sometimes the permanent record of what's happened in the sport. And we tell you what's about to happen, what's going on, who's going up, who's going down on the, the world of motorsports. So um, with that, I'm going to go to uh, someone living a parallel universe to mine, my, my friend of many, many years, Ralph Shaheen. Uh, hey, Ralph, good to see you again today. Hi, buddy. Did I get all hey, those man. in there? Did I get them <laughs> there all you go. In? Hold on. I'm throwing one right back at you, dude. There it is. Add up, boy. <laughs> we're having yeah, a, we're having a magazine having sword me. fight. <laughs> thanks for having me again, Paul. And, and, and one of the great things, uh, when when you and I write our individual books, knowing you and I will probably do one together, um, you you and I have had a great tradition every year at the Indianapolis 500 of taking a picture in the media center, wearing our individual logoed shirts, but holding each other's magazines. And I think that's really important yeah, because yeah. it just goes to show uh, how close the two companies are, the two brands are, our friendship is, and it's a it's it really says a lot about what people in the media and racing in general should be thinking about. It's we're all in this together and we need to work together to succeed as an industry. Uh, so that's a little something that those maybe paying attention, listening out there wouldn't know if they weren't in the media center uh, every May, but it just goes to show how racer and speed sport work together. And we do. And, and uh, we, we, we love a lot of the same things, Ralph, which helps, you know, I, I think we, uh, uh, and I, I just get a kick out of the stuff you guys are doing. And uh, I like looking at somebody else's website and magazine. Sometimes I need a break. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's great to have you on the panel. And I love all the things Thank you're you. doing uh, uh, with Speedsport TV, too. That was fascinating earlier. I really enjoyed that. I want to throw to John Kilroy real quickly. Uh, John, we've known each other for a very long time. Yes, we have. I remember doing, a, you helped us with a commercial. We were doing the, the Twin 25s racing event. Yeah. And so it, it, you hired the voice to do it. And we wanted, we were doing it in conjunction with the, Indian, uh, the F1 race at Indianapolis. So we wanted an international guy. And we wanted to try to get the international guy to go to a midget race. Yeah. And the guy we hired was a soup Nazi from Seinfeld. <laughs> and he was fantastic. Oh yeah, well, that was a fun project. That I, uh, uh, you know, I I gotta love Steve Lewis for his big vision on stuff. That was a really fun project all the way around. 
It was so much fun. The first time we did it, uh, there's a line of cars going uh, out of that uh, speedway uh, all the way back to the freeway. I mean, it looks like if you build it, they will come, you know, and, and they did. Yeah, they sure did. And, and uh, you know, I, I've got to commend you and the team, Eddie Partrade, for putting this together. It's been great to, to be a part of it. We're, we're a small part of it. Uh, the, the bulk of the work and the vision and everything that happened here has been on your team. And uh, I like being the caboose, <laughs> but it's been it's been really fun. And uh, it's just a pleasure to watch you interview people, John, because, you know, this industry and you have a passion for the subject and the people you're talking to. And uh, I, I just uh, what a what a fun week. It's uh, after a year of uh, relative isolation. This has really been a pleasure. Uh, um, and I think that, uh, you know, when when we go around tonight. I There's no order to it. I'm just going to introduce everybody. Marshall will jump in. Just free for all. We're not going to, we'll have a couple of topics we probably get onto, but this is us just like we ran into each other, uh, uh, you know, in a bar in Speedway, Indiana. <laughs> okay. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you, know what happens, you know what happens when that happens. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Brad, I want to say hi. We haven't met. Hello. Hello, uh, but I've just enjoyed, uh, again, the quality of your interviews and, and your knowledge is just terrific and a pleasure to listen to you and watch you do your stuff. Well, thank you very much. And, and likewise, uh, you know, it's, it's a mutual affection. I really enjoyed this morning, uh, you know, opening things up and seeing Chip Ganassi there. And I felt for you for just a minute when Chip just said, hey, talk for a minute. I got to go step out. And I think he had lost, you know, maybe needed to plug in his iPad or whatever he was. Yeah, uh, he did. I was going to ask him when he came back if it was number one or number two, but I decided against it. But uh, yeah, did we ever <laughs> figure out what the picture was behind him? You had mentioned uh, that no, too. I was that trying I was to. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the I'll get the four one one on that. Uh, yeah, but I knew he was he was nervous about something. He kept looking over his phone like it's something, and it was oh, I think there's something wrong. So, uh, but hey, that's that was the longest attention span I'd ever seen out of Chip Ganassi. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, thank you for doing such a good job. Uh, you know, I, I particularly enjoyed the last session. Uh, I, I uh, uh, that was very interesting. Uh, you know, I can't believe stuff like this. So it's so interesting. <laughs> it it really is, is, but when you have like decades of experience and and someone who could articulate it so well as Tom could also, I mean, even if you've been doing this for decades yourself, you had to listen to that last hour and learn something. And I, I thought that was lot. pretty incredible. And I thought I knew about scat, but I I, and I thought I knew about the subject. We were, I didn't. So great job, though. I really appreciate uh, being on the panel with you here today. Um, you know, I, I, uh, oh my God, there's Marty Fiocca again. Yeah, I'm here. I, I can't believe you're still awake, man. I know you're running 24 seven. I am. I'm in Cranon, Wisconsin. I just have two observations right now from here. One is that I'm, I feel like I'm cutting edge because I kind of did bring as the promoter of Cranon and brought racer and speed sport together this year at Labor yeah. Day championships. So I love that. I, I felt the love between you both. And the second observation is very obvious. Ralph Shaheen, it is clear you are a TV personality because you can't figure out how to light your own face. Was that, you know, that, I'm just going to say that right now to you. Yeah, it's, it's a very good point. Um, the, the only thing I will tell you is that I'm not sideways like our buddy Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Sideways is a part of open wheel racing. Oh, oh, Marshall, you're on your side. <laughs> How's that? Is that better? Yeah, you look, 
Looks oh, like okay. you're in a haunted house, Ralph. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, well, I was using the phone light. See, it just—it's all I got. In the chat says, light. "Looks like Marshall's on the high banks." Yeah, well, Marshall's I mean, well, look, we can turn this around. Yay. Marshall Pruitt, you're alive. There you go. That's a little better, uh, isn't it? Uh, look, you guys are stuck in a uh, a landscape world, portrait world. I'll do whatever world we need to here. I'm all good. Yeah, well, every time I get a chance to look over you to the Driven poster is a good day. Absolutely. The finest racing Great. film ever made. How are you doing, Mr. Pafaner? I'm doing well, especially get to see you, Marshall. I miss you. Well, that's, that's a mighty fine lie after 5 p.m. Should we tell Marty that the uh, speed sport love and racer love goes might predate that introduction. Should we mention we the a little bit? Yeah, we might have known each other before. We might have hung out together. We might have swapped stories. But yeah, it. Uh, but you know, we're all doing something here. That uh, especially this week, I think, uh, remind everybody the whole sports together in powering through the pandemic. And uh, you know, the nice thing is that uh, a lot of people agree with us. You know, uh, what racing has done in this year is remarkable. Uh, as a culture, uh, we've done it probably about as well as you can do it, do it on the surface of this earth at this moment. We figured out how to go do what we do amid all this uh, because we're used to risk. Now, some of us couldn't go to the races and our reporting staff, the majority of this re reporting was done remotely. And that's another really interesting thing maybe to talk about today. Uh, but uh, I'm glad we're all together tonight. Uh, um, you know, I want to just say who who has an idea what we can talk about to get us started. I think just jump in here, Paul. A couple of things, kind of being on both sides of the of the promotional and media fence. Yeah. One interesting is that behind the scenes for for promoters like me who actually put events on, we're able to actually get crowds. The build up to our event when we had to reschedule our smaller event and wait till Labor Day. With the government officials and all the worry and concern we didn't let on that it was as hard as it was but behind the scenes it was stressful and brutal it was worse than the 50th it was worse than worse than bringing kid rock and probably that last year it was much easier that last year than it was this year it's it was just you know very difficult on all the people who who were at the track and thinking we're going to host these people we're doing the right thing and we're doing the wrong thing right thing by racers and racing and sponsors hopefully the right thing by the fans Hopefully there was no backside to it in terms of people, uh, you know, being in danger. And thankfully there wasn't, but it, it was something else. And, you know, the second thing I was going to say is that, you know, the remote reporting, like on something like the Baja 1000 is actually easier from home than it is down there. So it yeah. makes it's interesting. We kind of learned that, right. That it's actually in, in some ways with the, with the social media now and all the things you can see online and remote cameras and stuff, it's actually better to be home doing race coverage from that than it is from being down there. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting observation. I mean, uh, what would really be surprising to me, and Marshall, we've talked about this already, is that despite that, despite the fact that we probably only had a handful of events with on-site reporters this year, <coughs> our traffic went up, our daily traffic went up, the, everything went up. Uh, the audience wasn't really expecting us to do that. They're expecting the content. Uh, they want what we have to say. They want our perspective. And, you know, what do you think that is, Marshall? You know, you, we, we've talked about it a little bit. So 
first of all, if I can find any positives in this pandemic as a traveling sports reporter, and as you mentioned, racer staff, once uh, the lockdowns or shutdowns started happening, uh, everyone's travel schedule was just vacated for the rest of the year out of individual safety and, and otherwise. There's actually been some good credit built back up, Paul. I yeah, I know. That's what I like about it. <laughs> crazy. I went down to the Laguna Seca for just uh, an afternoon early in November. Chip Ganassi Racing was down there for an IndyCar test. I actually wasn't going down for any reporting function. It was a kind of a side project. And they were happy to see me. Holy yeah. crap! The same people that are chasing me with tire irons and and, yeah, I know. and, and flaming punji sticks, like they were actually somewhat okay with me being there. I'm like, wow, look at this! Funny what a year does. The hate goes away. But kidding aside, what what really has stood out to me, looking at the monthly traffic reports that you've sent out looking at the shares that we get, social media shares on an average story, not one that you we'd look at in the past and say, wow, those numbers are significant because the story's a big one. Now the, the kind of shares that we get and traffic that we've been getting on normal stories has really been elevated. I think there's a big reconnection possibly for those who maybe have for, didn't know or had forgotten the role of just good reporting and this is not specific to racer whether it's ralph and speed sport family there are many fine institutions who've been working like heck to feed fans on a daily basis while stuck at home um i think there's been either a reconnection or maybe a new appreciation for those who've been fans of the sport who i don't want to say take us for granted but he just become the wallpaper after a while you know uh maybe there's been a new appreciation there and for newer fans i think that's maybe been a pretty interesting thing too where there was an expectation for a decline on our end right we thought traffic yeah. might plummet because there's no live events there's no in-person engagement drivers fans yeah. sounds and sights and all the things that stoke the passion and yet stupid little stories that we write on the interweb and little videos that we make to amuse people have taken off so that honestly that has heartened me the most there's an audience there that really still does care even if they've been separated from the the little churches we we travel to throughout the world to to hear those sermons spoken to us in sound and fury Yes, indeed. And, and what's interesting, I think I, we'd, I'd like to talk to everybody about what they think that is, because, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned a couple of times that we've had, um, you know, it blows our minds. We're, first, we started to realize that there was this amount of sharing of content going on. Um, it's as if this is who I am. Read about what I love. I am excited about this. Uh, you know, we were all stuck at home. Why don't you look at this <laughs> is what it feels like. And uh, I, I see it across, not, not just uh, like IndyCar or NASCAR. It's pretty much happening in most of the things we cover. Uh, and I'm, you know, w what do you think that's about everyone? I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's not just to us. I mean, the sports digital footprint is really, I believe, expanded massively this year. 
You know, can I take a stab at that, Paul? Um, and, and I'm just looking for me personally. I almost feel that, and, and I'm all about silver linings and everything. And as rough mm -hmm. as the pandemic has been, there's just been an amazing amount of silver linings, especially when it comes to uh, automotive and the motorsports industry. But I almost think that this has allowed people to reconnect with some of the things they love. I mean, I found out in my own personal experience that, you know, um, my office with the Performance Racing Network is here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, that I was literally leaving the house before the sun came up and going home after the sun went down. And now all of a sudden, I'm not even coming into work. And then yeah. I start to rediscover things. I get out and, you know, ride my bicycle or my motorcycle more or you know, rarely do I ever turn on the television if it's not a motorsports event. And mm -hmm. I found that so many things that I actually do love, I finally had the time or took the time to do. And, and I think maybe a lot of our fan base or a lot of our uh, listenership, readership, viewership, whatever it might be, has done the same. That's a really good observation. And by the way, I missed that we used to have our, uh, our office for our website used to be in the Smith Tower. And I, I used awesome. to, when I come out there, I'd be there early in the morning. So I probably... I'd be with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I got to tell you that that's a really good observation because, you know, I love racing. It's the center of my life. I, I, um, I'm, I'm addicted is too strong a word, but I'm obsessive about it. <laughs> and I believe we all have to suppress our obsession uh, uh, to function in the, the real world. But I have at least an hour and 40 minutes of not commuting that I could go do other things. I have uh, just, uh, I'm not sitting in boring meetings all the time. Those have been reduced. Uh, I'm actually able to absorb and just look around. I like to, when I get up in the morning, I pop into SpeedSport. Uh, you know, I look at our site, I read some other news, but basically I go to the American racing sites I like, and I just like to read the stuff. It's a habit. I've been reading SpeedSport since I was nine years old. So I'm not going to break that habit now. Actually, I have more time for it, you know? And I think, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a great observation. Uh, anybody else want to weigh in on that one? Yeah, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, possibly also what may be happening is people were ordered to go work from home. Do, do not come into the office. Well, in the office, it, it may be hard to go to racer.com and spend an hour reading what's on <laughs> racer.com. But when you're yeah. at home, you can do it. There's nobody hanging over your shoulder. You're not in the cubicle. So you, people may have been freed up to cheat a little bit uh, on the workday and, and they're wondering at two o'clock in the afternoon, what's just happened in racing? And they could take the time to go to racer.com or, or speed sport or anyplace else and, and go find out. So I think that's one reason. And then the other thing to think about is that uh, racing took a hit and people wanted to connect and reconnect with racing. And the, the storytelling that everybody here does so well is a way for them to connect with racing. So we all sit down at the, uh, the computer or our different projects and we're scared to death. We're not interesting enough. So we're yeah. always every day trying to say, what's the story? How can I tell the story? How can I get the person all the way to the end of the story and be that degree of interesting when it comes to racing? And I think people wanted that, uh, especially this year, because they wanted to find a way to stay connected to racing and, and have that moment of fun. You well, know, I think I think also there's a difference when you when you talk about um, other sports, right? You're passionate about football. You're passionate about baseball or hockey or whatever it is that you're into. But racing, it doesn't matter what form of racing you're in, whether you're into vintage cars, drag racing, off-road, short course, 
or dirt bikes, whatever it is, it goes way beyond just being a hobby or even a, a passion. It gets deeper into your bones than that. Racing really becomes more of your lifestyle. It becomes, even if you're not a participant, even if you're not a driver or a car owner, even if you're a just a fan, right? You're that guy that, man, that's what I'm into. And you're all in. Racing is all encompassing in every way, shape, or form. Because it's an all, to, to do it takes everything. There's, you can't do racing part way. Mm-hmm. Roman Grosjean was all in, baby. There's no doubt about it. And thank God he got out, right? But that just showed you again, reminded everybody how all in racers are. No matter what level they are, whether you're running a midget at the Chili Bowl or Formula One overseas, you are all in. And so the fans who are really into this sport are the same way because they realize that the people they cheer for, they pull for, they support are all in them. And so it, it, I don't know, it just gets deeper into your system than any other sport. I'm a huge NFL fan. Love it. Love watching the NFL and my family, but man, the racing side's a whole different game. And it's not just because it's my business and my career. I was that way when I was a kid, it's never changed. So I think um, even though racing was stopped for a while, the people were craving it and looking for access to it or any indication that it was coming back soon. And so they were constantly looking for some sort of racing, whether they were just reading about a past event, like we dug deep into the speed sport archives and we were putting out stuff about NASCAR convertible racing and, you know, all these board track stories because we go back to 1934. So we had all kinds of stuff to, to repurpose, if you will, and put out there. And it was amazing what people were reading. And it was just because they were interested. Got to give me something. I'll take that. Yeah. And and you nailed it. You nailed something I've been thinking about because uh, the mortal risk inherent in racing, you know, we're not going to get a hamstring pull or, uh, you know, uh, you, you can die doing this um sadly some 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 of us do and so you're more emotionally invested in the outcome as a fan not just as a participant you're more emotionally connected it's more part of the fabric of your your soul basically i think so when these other sports start to fall i don't got i have no time for whatever it was you know football baseball they had no fans in the stand i don't you know whatever you're not interested enough to cross the threshold of caring our fans cared even more. That's the thing, you know, we're powered by passion in this sport. And uh, to me, that's a really important thing as we come out of this pandemic. Let's remember that. I know we're all chasing new audience, but the best way to generate new audience is keep the audience you have and, and act, you know, ignite their passions so they share. Um, the, you know, again, the audience is the media in new media. Uh, give them something worthy of their devotion so they spread it with passion and go out and share it with their friends and and people they know and i think that that's what's happening for us at least and you know it's just the, i sent out some metrics tonight uh, i hadn't gotten to them because i've been busy with this but we crossed six million unique visitors for the first time in the history of our site in november that what we and we're like a, a 1.4 plus million or thousand well excuse me 1.4 million ahead 
of the entire year last year. At the, at, we have another month to count. And again, I asked earlier today, where did those people come from? They were there all along. They're just now, I got time. I'm going to do this. I love this. This is where I really want to spend my time, in my opinion. And that's what's happening. I know you've seen an increase. Uh, I'm sure you have, Ralph. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and I think you've seen increases uh, on your uh, platform, John. Uh, I'm sure of that because I've seen releases. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think what's happening is that, you know, racers take matters into their own hands. <laughs> and we love, you know, and I think it's, it's I, if there was a thing I'd, I would want to take out of this, you're the power in the sport. If you're a fan or a participant, you have a lot of power to move the needle on this sport. Don't be shy. Do it. Share your stuff. Share your passion for racing. That's the fastest way to accelerate it out of this pandemic. It's an unfair advantage, honestly. Yeah, there are two things for me, Paul, that strike me interesting. Like I said, I, I, I'm very honored to be on this panel as, as the off-road media guy on, on, on certain levels. And, you know, two things struck me this year. One was the fact we talked about a lot. You know, I'm not, you know, Robin and I'm not Marshall by any means. But when, when you sit down and you write an opinion piece, at least on the side of the off-road side of things, where you can't really get that anywhere else, it's almost as if the audience is so overwhelmed with so much social media input everywhere that they kind of want to yearn for a voice to kind of, from 10,000 feet to look down and tell them what's kind of really going on. Somebody with a voice of opinion. I know on Marshall's side, I read his stuff all the time. And it's amazing that he does that. And the funny part though, because I'm a racer too, is that then you become obsessed with seeing how many shares your story got. So like this year, the two biggest shared stories was i think robin miller's story had one and i was like second and all every day i was trying to see if i caught robin like it was a race to see who yeah. got the most shares it's it's an interesting phenomenon when you look at it that way yeah and you had a, a story that was i think was it was above fifty thousand shares i believe yeah it was the bj baldwin story about the yeah. las vegas self you know yeah when he when he protected himself yeah, yes like uh, one thousand or something but it was oh, yeah it was, it was astronomical we and and uh, um we we've had a lot of these stories that they go out into the greater world. You know, we're distributed onto Apple News and Google News, and we're on the USA Today platform. So we have a little bit of enhancement, basically. We, we're more visible because we stand against this big monolithic uh, group of sites on the, uh, on the web. But what I think is interesting, the audience is out there for all this stuff. They just have to be able to get to it. And, you know, we're, I think yesterday in the, uh, the panel that Ralph was on, Chris, uh, his partner in Speedsport TV, you know, made a really impassioned plea for the moonshot on this media. You know, that really got me. You know, first off, he was very compelling and knew his stuff. And, you know, uh, good on you for working with him, uh, Ralph. Because <laughs> that, he really bought it to focus that, you know, the game has changed. The way yeah. And you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, the point Chris was making, Chris is... Uh... Our partner on the uh, Speedsport TV side, which is our over-the-top television network, which is another one of those things that came out of the pandemic of trying to find new ways of doing media, right, and, and helping to get the information out there. And live streaming events, when you couldn't go sit in the grandstands, was a big part of what happened in 2020. And we did, uh, we're already at over 1,300 live broadcasts that we've done on our over-the-top television platform in just one year, which is just incredible. 
I never would have thought that number. I had to ask my partner to trip two or three times. What was that number again? Because I didn't believe it. You know, but that's how many broadcasts are going out there like that. Chris's yep. point is that, you know, there's this big restart, as everybody is saying. We have this fresh opportunity. Well, don't just go part way just to get yourself rolling forward again. Take a big stab at it. Reach way out there and and try something maybe you didn't think of before or would never have risked before. Because why not? Now's the time to do that. Uh, we have opportunities to really reset a lot of things. So go for it. If you're if you're in the game, really don't just be a participant. Try to be a leader. That's right. And go for it. Go for the gap. Make, you know, make pace while you've got the opportunity to outpace everyone else. And yeah. racing coming out of this has a different restart mode than everybody else. You know, we got full bossa nova on our uh, our knob here. We can go, you know, hard and fast and do things other people can't. And I think our audience will stick with us. I was going to ask you, you know, uh, Marshall, you you have a pretty impressive podcast uh, uh you know, activity going. You're you're really the the amount of downloads, just the the amount of content you produce. Are you surprised by how quickly you've gotten to that level of of podcast downloads? Well, suffering from OCD helps to get to numbers <laughs> that are deep. So there's that. Um, it's been an interesting journey and a journey that's so Californian. It's been a very interesting thing to track this year, and I'd love to hear. Uh, from you, Paul, and uh, you as well, Ralph. When the pandemic hit and stay-at-home orders came into motion and all kinds of racing calendars were turned off, et cetera, et cetera, when folks all of a sudden had to work from home, I saw podcast traffic plummet. And it wasn't because the quality became especially garbage overnight. It was already at that place before, but the habits, <laughs> the habitual side is what changed. Yeah. Uh, the sitting in one's proverbial cubicle with your AirPods in listening to whatever and working or long haul driving, whatever it is that you might do where you have something that you listen to, to help you get through the day that stopped. And traffic all of a sudden hit, I mean, just nosedive off the cliff. And I, that was a really big aha. So I don't know if I need to change anything in terms of quantity, quality, or variety. But, okay, be interesting to see if this comes back. And it did. And this comes back to the general theme of passion. Mm -hmm. Of, okay, this is a weird thing. And we're dealing with it and adjusting our lives. But hey, uh, that over-the-top uh, dirt track event that Ralph's team is live streaming or that podcast or Marty's report from wherever, that's our comfort food. And we've mm -hmm. had to get in that, that little security blanket, daily security blanket, getting back to that seemed to be a, a bit of a whiplash reaction. So where you mentioned, Paul, traffic uh, for racer.com last year for the entirety of 2019 my dumb little podcast generated I think it was 1.6 million downloads um, we hit that I think the first or second week 
first week of November this year. So uh, I it might have even been, it was the middle of October, actually. Whatever it was, it was 10 and a half months. Uh, we hit 2 million. And so in a year where I expected to be down, uh, what I've seen as well, every month barring November, because frankly, I took my foot off the throttle a little bit, um, had serious 20 to 50% year to year increases. And it's not a volume thing like, hey, I've been pumping out a lot more podcasts, therefore I'm getting more traffic. Actually, I hit 2 million downloads with fewer episodes than I did last year, getting to 1.6 in 12 full months. So again, I've done nothing structurally to change what I offer. The quality sure as hell hasn't gone up, but I would say I just use some of these numbers as evidence that the people we rely upon to care and -hmm. hopefully buy the things that our advertisers invite them to buy and all those things. These things are happening in a positive way. Uh, So again, I think I kind of come back to that comfort food thing of, boy, um, what we do, which we don't always know if it's really relevant, right? We're not down at the courthouse doing reporting on this thing that's gonna change people's lives in a big town. It's the sports entertainment, man. As Robin Miller told me once famously while I was slaving away on some meaningless story late at night during the month of May at about eight o'clock, and I'll leave out the curse words. Hey, finish the freaking story. Let's go to dinner. We're not winning Pulitzers for this crap, Pruitt. And so, again, we kind of couch what we do as like, hey, this is fun. And we love it. It's our passion. But boy, we sure hope that there's enough people on the other end who share in that passion to sustain us on the media side. I'm telling you, yeah, Paul, that everyone think- else be the same. This year's just been evidence that, yeah, if we put out good work, there are folks there waiting for it. That, that's made me so happy. And that's that's a really reassuring thing. You know, it's not all roses in the media business. I'll be as honest as like, you know, I'm transparent we've 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 struggled you know we've had massive cancellation of print advertising for a time all digital advertising was paused newsstands were closed we couldn't distribute the magazine um we're we're like restaurants we're like a restaurant a lot of our activity was shut down you know so i have great sympathy for the small businesses around this country and the racetracks i was completely moved by what I was hearing from World Outlaws and, and the challenges they dealt with with the volume of races they had to produce and the amount of content they had to produce and watching what the NASCAR team did to come back first. You know, it was like having the uh, the Air Force fly over and you realize yeah. you're, you're going to win when they actually came back on the racetrack. It was a very moving moment. And when IMSA came back, when IndyCar came back, when all these races started coming back, it felt like m- my world was winning. <laughs> And even if the spectators weren't there, it was moving. And I realized I just understood the risks people were taking and the care they were taking. They did it the way racers do a hundred percent. You know, Marty lived it. I was talking to Marty on a pretty regular basis. Uh, and, you know, Ralph, what you did was a lifeline to a lot of these racetracks. You know? Yeah. Providing uh, the ability to do the live streaming gave them an opportunity to make enough money to pay purses a lot of the times just to get the, make the races go green to checker. So, uh, you know, we never would have thought that would have been the case, but we got, we're thrilled to be able to do that. 
Um, it, you know, and we went through a lot of the same things that you went through there, Paul. Uh, and fortunately for us, uh, the live streaming was a thing we hadn't thought about a couple of years ago. And fortunately it happened this year and it, it was a godsend for us as a business. Yeah. And it, it showed great, you know, just, we had a number of conversations about how racers pivot and, and, uh, you know, as Chip Ganassi said this morning, when the wind changes that, you know, change the sails and I mean, move your, you know, move the sails and, and catch the wind. We have racings like that. You, the, a race comes and goes to you. You got to keep, you got to keep figuring it out. And, you know, Brad, tell me a little bit, bit about what it's like in your end of the world. You know, I mean, first of all, just the resiliency of racers that that racers will find a way. Um, I remember, you know, uh, the late Lanny Edwards telling me one time, you know, from Devil's Bowl Speedway, he said, look, if I got to give a guy a couple hundred bucks to get his car running, you know, he'll hawk his TV set to buy a pit pass because he's going to go race. And, and that's what this year was. But in our world, you know, in the radio broadcast world, you know, obviously we saw the same hit with some advertisers and all of that who kind of went into lockdown, you know, but we've also seen a lot of that recover. And we found some of those single uh, uh, silver linings, if you will. Where it really benefited us the most is part of my job is also to deal with all of our network affiliates and between what we do at the performance racing network and our counterparts over at the motor racing network, I work pretty close with them. All of a sudden, because we were the only game in town, a lot of radio stations were like, we have nothing help, mm -hmm. you know, the people who you would call beforehand and say, Hey, uh, you know, we've got nothing going on right now. Uh, or we don't have any space for you. We're like, Oh, we love racing, you know? So getting into markets like Seattle and Portland were places yeah. up in the Pacific Northwest that we just couldn't crack into. And, you know, places in the Midwest and all of that, uh, you know, we had lost our Atlanta affiliate at the beginning of the year, but quickly regained a new, even better Atlanta affiliate. So, um, again, when it comes down to those silver linings, being the only game in town, has been wonderful and not only that but also just putting on a good consistent product and they had something to sell and i think what that is going to even turn over more is that as you well know once you start to get outside of our sport you know it's something that people may not understand so yeah. when you start talking to you know three four hundred radio stations a lot of them don't understand, okay, well, how do I sell this? Well, now they've had to figure out how to sell it because we've been the only one that they've had and they've thrived. And I think that's been a great thing. And it's, again, it's been just one of those things that now coming out of this, we can look back on and say, okay, we made the most out of this situation. That's really a good point. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that uh, this could be like, you know, it's, uh, I'll use the phrase, the art of racing in the rain, because that's what we all know how to do. You know, we've been able to, you know, oh, good. It's raining. We can win now. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch that movie on an airplane, by the I way. Know. Yeah, I, don't want to. I did. And uh, I, I was uh, I was just a mess. It's an amazing. Well, movie. I, I was a mess reading the book and then I watched the movie and it was a double mess. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've got to say, though, that, you know, I just feel that something's changed for the better for us, even though it's been it's been a difficult year. And. You know, we went from you know the, the solid pieces of our business for the magazines, and now they struggle a bit because of the just it, it it's just an environment that's not favorable to them. The website was the thing we'd been working on, working on, working on. All of a sudden, that sucker. You know, we were sold out of inventory for several months. You know, and it just flipped like that overnight, bang. And I I I would like it all to be great, <laughs> but uh, at the same time. Uh, the thing that was most interesting to me 
in the month of August, we had 462,000 shares of content off of our website. 462. This, normally, it's, it's, it's not so much. It's only in the mid 300s. And that was because the Indy 500 and the activity on the Indy 500 was greater than the activity in 2019, even though there were no, no spectators in the grandstands. Now, what do you think that is? Anybody got any ideas? Because that's a really interesting one to me. Same with our Lamal coverage. What do you think that is? If I had to uh, guess, Paul, I'd okay, say... I have... Sorry. Who's going to go first? Marshall, give it, give Mar it a go. I'll, I'll arm wrestle whoever I got to. Yeah, um, give, it, give it up, Marshall. I just say of the many things that suffered this year due to the pandemic, the credentialing of some of the smaller outlets certainly changed. I uh, read a lot of complaints on Facebook, some by those who I'm not sure why they've ever been credentialed, some who had legitimate complaints for not getting access to a, a media center where, whether it's IndyCar, name whatever series it might be, where they've always been. And those series said, sorry, we're cutting it down to five or four or whatever the number is. I'd say, frankly, the volume uh, of media outlets able to report live from an event was certainly limited. I know that we spoke a lot about remote reporting. Would also say that uh, not everybody has the connections to be able to do that properly. Anyone yeah, can agree. That's, that's report or a live stream and say driver X was fastest, the other guy was second. It's another thing to be able to pick up the phone and talk to that driver or the engineer or the team manager, whatever, and produce unique content. And so I think that might be a little bit of a filter, Paul, where some of the sites that are more tenured uh, professional compared to more fan leaning uh, might be the ones with the uh, pretty deep contact list to Maybe. best yeah. on-site reporting in the absence of being able to do it in some cases. So maybe that's something uh, to consider. Would also just throw out a question uh, I'd love to hear thoughts about, and that is consumption habits, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Paul, what have you seen on Racer? Ralph, what have you seen? What has everyone seen on their respective media properties that has changed this year? Is there a series that all of a sudden came to life that hadn't previously? Is there something that was a staple that maybe fell off? Um, we've got some other thematic things too, such as uh, some folks being murdered, uh, mm -hmm. not in racing, but folks being killed, reckonings on race, gender, equality, inclusiveness. Yeah. This has been a freaking molly whopping year of heavy topics, but we've also seen, I would assume, some series maybe rise and others fall that surprised us? Well, yeah, I want to talk about that for a moment because we did see uh, the intersection of general news and, and racing on a couple, a couple of issues this year. Uh, racial equality was one of them. And that generated uh, some polarity, you know, there, as usual. Uh, no. But it generated a lot of interest and in page views. And, and, uh, and we don't do it for that. We do it, we report on it because it's part of the story of the sport. Uh, and the, the thing I think that was interesting is that, uh, a lot of this stuff became, you know, a topic 
beyond our own platform. It would be shared or made a featured thing on an Apple News or a Google News, which would really elevate it. We had a lot of things within the NASCAR world that just took off. Uh, we've been rebuilding our NASCAR coverage for the eight years we've been here. We used to have an office in Charlotte with three reporters. Um, you know, so this has been, and we've got Kelly Crandall doing a really good job, working very hard, and she's finding an audience. And we've seen a real lift in our NASCAR content this year in terms of people sharing it, reading it, um, and its visibility. Uh, when Marty has written off-road content, um, there's two phenomenons. One, when he has an editorial, we're finding there's an audience that wants to hear this editorial commentary uh, about off-road racing. And the editorials do really well. But what's also interesting, we noticed this a year and a half ago with Baja, uh, uh, that there's a really decent amount of traffic and sharing during the event. And then everybody comes back from Baja and then there's a second wave of sharing of content. And it was interesting. We don't see that in other things. Uh, but I, I, I want to say the one thing, though, is that we see people going across category, looking at other forms of racing on the website. They're not staying in their own, quote, channel of interest. There's an expansion of, I guess, exploring other things that we're seeing, which I like. I think that's really good news. I'd rather have racing fans rather than I only like NASCAR, I only like IndyCar, because that's the way the sport's going to work is if you're a fan of multiple disciplines of motorsport, you appreciate them, the sport will survive and prosper. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, if, if, if you don't mind me commenting. Um, actually, today I, on Sirius XM, had Jimmy Johnson on because he had won the Myers Brothers Award. And after the conversation, um, just got into a conversation of, uh, look, I'm a racing fan. I always have been. And I know there was a time where, you know, people said the NASCAR crowd was the Walmart crowd and the, you know, open wheel crowd was, uh, you know, the Neiman Marcus crowd. And, you know, these are the roundy round guys versus, you know, this and that. I'm just a race fan. And I think a lot of people are, and you take a guy like Jimmy Johnson now who has done everything that he's done in NASCAR. And even though people got sick of him winning, he's still got a fan base and people are wildly curious about what he's going to be doing moving forward and running the IndyCar road and street courses and running sports car and all of that. And I think to myself, okay, is the NASCAR crowd going to follow Jimmy Johnson over to see what he does? And then in turn, are they going to see a lot of the great things that are happening in open wheel and sports car and, and vice versa? You know, let's say Jimmy Johnson thrives or he struggles, which struggling is probably the more likely scenario right now because it's such a different discipline for him. Are they going to be interested to maybe learn more about his background and see what, you know, went on in his career that made him who he is. And I think that really gives a great opportunity for race fans to broaden their interest in what they love um, and, and, and discover new forms of racing that maybe they didn't see before. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and, and I, I think that, you know, uh, being open-minded and, and being curious is a big part of being a race fan. I think uh, we, uh, uh, there's the, the thing I think that's so interesting about, I, I knew Jimmy when he was younger and he wanted to go to Indy. He wanted to be Rick Mears. Who wouldn't? <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, but Rick Mears was an off-road road racer who, uh, you know, I think even surprised himself by being one of the greatest uh, uh, IndyCar drivers of all time. I knew Rick Mears when he was racing Formula V and in Cal Club and SCCA regionals, you know, uh, we're racers. Racers, real racers love other racers and what they do. They're curious. You know, I, I always have been amused that NASCAR drivers watch Formula One races before their races. And then the IndyCar drivers will watch a NASCAR race or a Formula One race. They're, they're, they're fans of each other. 
The real racers, you know, they, they, they watch the other, the other masters of the sport. They're in awe of them. And, and I know a lot of racers across all stripes are interested in drag racing because that's, that maybe it was their first passion. And I found to my, not amazement, but a lot of people are interested in off-road racing that are into other forms of racing. And it goes on and on. And many of us have a background in sprint and midget like I do. So, you know, what we have is a moment where it's all accessible. And that big moonshot that Ralph's partner, Chris, was talking about is that we can take control of our own destiny at some point. We're not relying on some programming nerd at a network who doesn't care and doesn't like it. Uh, uh, you know, and, you know, we're going to be uh, beekeeping is going to, you know, bump us off the time slot at some point. <laughs> but uh, that I think, you know, go, going back to the off-road side just for a minute. I think it also speaks to the platform, right? So what what has kind of come of age now on this thing is that because a lot of things on racer, one of the things I know we talked about right when I started this is that it had to be looked at and weighted on the site as much as anything else. So if there's a Formula One story, there's an off-road story. It's not buried somewhere in the website. Well, I think that's been the critical thing. And what you're seeing is, yeah, so if there's you know, 400 race teams at the Baja Thousand, each one has 40 people on it. Well, they're all the, the hardcore desert fans are down there doing it and they're coming home and then they're sharing it because what I've heard is that they're so proud to see really quality content on racer about their sport. That is not, hasn't always been the case. You know, the sport's always kind of been buried down. It's a matter of digging through the history. There's so much history, there's so much there. But I think that's why on the off-road side of things, and, and I believe Ralph and I have talked that, about that too, it, it's merited that kind of weight, but it hasn't always gotten it. So I think you're seeing enthusiasts from all, all sides now kind of enjoying, I mean, that's a myopic view of everything, but from the yeah, that, that I think there's, there's merit in that. But I think, again, I look at the diversity that Ralph has on his site and his, and his right. magazines and, and we, we, you know, honestly, we, we overlap a little bit um, because we have to, right, Ralph? I mean, that's just what we got to do, but um, yeah. yeah, but the, the beauty of it is, it has both media brands have a point of view that I think is really authentic and really meaningful and adds to the sport. Uh, I think that the people are known quantities that, you know, that are, they're, they're, they're real reporters on both uh, uh, sites and magazines and we need each other. We, it, we're, we're, you know, in many ways, we're the last of the racing media, uh, the, the pool of racing media around the world is really, diminished. And I think that that's uh, something to think about. I mean, we're near the end of uh, this conversation, but when we look forward here, all of us have had a hand in this. And I think John and Francisque and Judy have all taught us a lesson this week. We're stronger together. And I want to thank them for that. That's a really important lesson. Well, th thank you, Paul, and, and uh, you and Racer and the whole team are a big part of this. And uh, th that's a message, I think, that's coming out uh, just throughout this whole week. Uh, you, you listen to the sanctioning body executives, and, uh, you know, I, I, people run racetracks, people run sanctioning bodies. When the race is over, there's not a line of people coming up to them to say thank you. So there's, there's a line of people who have one complaint or another, and, uh, and they, they need to hear thanks once in a while. Their, their job, because of the matrix of uh, stakeholders, that they have to uh, meet their expectations. They have a really tough job. But then you listen to them talk, 
and, and one after another, they basically say, and uh, we're trying to bolster the sport. And they really are looking at all of racing, I think, when they say that, and, and they're trying to promote their own segment. But um, basically, they're on a mission. And e even in the racing business, and all the people making parts, they're kind of on that same team. I mean, they, they just talk about winning the race, keeping people racing, making it easier for the new guy to go racing and become competitive. And so there's this big army of really talented people that are all kind of thinking the same thing. Uh, how do we make the sport bigger, uh, more inclusive? And, and not just for the money, but because we feel like something special is going on here. We want people to know it. And as it gets bigger, there could maybe more fun things we can achieve altogether and things that will blow our minds. And so um, I think the whole sport, you know, it's just people are fun to be around. And these are people who do things. They, they'll move the mountain. And, and if you tell them that mountain can't be moved, <laughs> they don't listen to move. that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be three foot over by morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're just inspiring. There's an energy here. And then in the media, we, we just always have to remember that we have what it takes to, to sell tickets. So I, I was talking about this the other day is you, you watch a Marvel movie and, and the old people complain that, wow, that movie's too fast. It's too noisy, you know, but the young people, they love fast and noisy. Well, that's what we have. And, and we have it faster, faster, noisier than any Marvel movie and more dramatic and we just have to keep telling the story, telling the story, find new ways to tell the story. And the power that's out there that we're tapping into, we also have to remember it basically built three cable television networks. So when ESPN wanted to become ESPN and, and nobody quite understood why we should watch Fresno State football, they, they would lean on racing because the fans in racing would call their local cable network and tell them, put racing on. I, I, I got to watch more racing, put it on. It's not, I'm not getting it and I want to get it. And then ESPN became huge on the backs of racing and the attraction of racing. And so then when they turned all into football and everything else, and, and they said, we'll have ESPN too. That was built on racing. And then the speed channel built on racing. So yep. there's tremendous power out there. And, and, and we also have to always keep repeating that to the sponsorship because that's where the dollars flow. That it's it's there's a crazy magnetic, and magnetic's even too soft a word. Uh, attraction to racing. Yeah, you're right, John. And I I want to just throw back here that this very thought is that uh, the secret weapon is the race fan. That's our that's our competitive advantage, and we give them something worthy of devo devotion. We can move that mountain by by three feet by morning, and then yeah. by ten feet by the next day, and. We have to remember that we work for them. All of us do. The sanctioning bodies do. The drivers ultimately work for them. They're they they're not going to live the life they want to live, unless they're 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 worthy of devotion and admiration, and and they create excitement and interest. And what we're finding now in this democratized world, where the the audience has the power to really uplift you or ignore you, but you can tell, you can actually see it. The energy is apparent. Uh, it's a chance for us to become even more worthy than we were before as media properties and as race theories. I, I think that we've had a, we've had a brush with, with, uh, if you were death by what happened here societally and in racing. 
And we came out of it, okay, just, you know, we're like Romain Goujon coming out with the bandages on our hands. We have minor burns. We're going to be able to get back in the car and go fast as hell at the beginning of the year. And I think that's a really interesting set of things that we've got on our side, culturally, and just the energy of the of the fan base. And, and I want to add one more thing to that when it comes to the race fan, because it, it's happening so so profoundly that we're, we don't even talk about it anymore. The race fan about 20 years ago, maybe more, uh, the big story was what's under the hood. Mm. What's, what's the technology? Mm. What's winning races? A massive amount of race fans, massive amounts. The attraction to racing wasn't the way Jeff Gordon combs his hair. It's what's under the hood. What's advancing technologically? What do we need to know? And we're almost forgetting that that's still a story. And when we say race fans, race fans are out there and a huge part of them want to see innovation. They want to see something happen in a car technically that they can't believe. And it just blows their minds. And, and, and the connection to racing, a big part of it is technology. And I, I just want to make that a point here in this media panel. We can't ever let that disappear from racing. And almost, I would urge NASCAR, and I, I don't tell NASCAR what to do because it's so complicated. I would sit around a table and say, guys, we have to plan on innovation. We have to announce innovation every race, something big and new that never happened before, or every couple races. and Because they're going to lose the, the guy who really wants to know what's under the hood. It's interesting because the car is a competitor too. It's got exactly. a personality. And, uh, you know, Marshall, you've written a lot of technical articles that have done really well on our website. Why do you think that is? Well, I like to believe that there are enough folks who still care about the, uh, the little carriages that uh, send our beloved drivers around the circuit. I don't disagree with anything John said. I know that with my background in racing, it's something that I hope sustains and lives the passion for the vehicle, not just, uh, as you mentioned, uh, how Jeff Gordon combs his wig. Um, I'll tell you, though, this year, specific to 2020, specific to everything in a, a COVID world, us about the technical side of motor racing than probably ever in my life. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, I hope that that will change, but I think there's a reason for it. And it's that what's the one thing most of us have been starved for? And we believe by association, uh, racing fans, those who listen, read, watch, or otherwise what we produce, it's connection, yeah. right? Yeah. We, in our own lives, having either socially distanced uh, Thanksgivings or FaceTime Thanksgivings, the communal aspect of racing that just nourishes us those bonds have been broken by and large due to what we've had to do with this virus i just think about the things that i have focused on more this year i think not out of an intentional plan paul i didn't sit down and come up with some master script i have just noticed i've made more attempts this year on social media in particular to I don't want to say connect with racing fans because I am a racing fan, but connect with mm -hmm. those on a more basic level 
about our fandom and passion for the sport, this driver, this series, whatever it might be, doing uh, an intentional separation of church and state for say, uh, per se. I know that when I, for the first many years, when I became a reporter, Ralph's, one of Ralph's uh, family members there at Speed Sport, Joe Tripp, Joe Tripp hired me. I wouldn't be here without Joe Tripp at that speed saying. Joe Tripp yeah. fired me, by the way, just in case you want to know. Thanks, Joe. It turned out. <laughs> you absolutely appear to be someone who is worth zero dollars into work for free. So uh, kidding aside, uh, I just had this reporter mindset. I'm a professional. This is what I do. The content that I produce must be befitting of that. Uh, profession and separate, uh, so on and so forth. I wouldn't claim to be particularly professional or good at what I do, but I do know that this year in particular, Paul, maybe others can uh, have noticed a similar thing. I've given less of a fart about upholding whatever expected traditions of the, no. I would rather be having a conversation with someone on social media or whatever it might be uh, just about the thing we'd love and feeling connected to that community as a member, not as a professional whose responsibility it is to deliver content to them. And also I would just say probably more of the content I have submitted to Racer throughout the year has been if not a little less formal, just a little more, hey, is this going to make someone happy, mm -hmm. right? Some esoteric mm -hmm. nonsense that I would probably find interesting about, oh, this turbocharger wastegate is the biggest reason for why this racing series is garbage. Hmm. Yeah, a year ago, maybe I'd write that, Paul. Right now, I don't care, man. And I know the people sitting home, by and large, like me, just want to feel good. So guess what? We get to strip away the vestiges of whatever we think we might supposed to be and just join in, man. Be, be, realize we are them. They are us. There they is are. No I am, I am a fan. That's what I am. I'm a fan. And Dan Gurney asked us, we were working on a project, uh, you know, a, a group of my, my really good friends on a, on a project for a sanctioning body. And, uh, and, interviewing Dan Gurney and Dan Gurney started the conversation uh, when we were, you know, on a speakerphone and I was in the room with him and he says, you know, are you a race fan? He asked us, you know, we had to report in and answer him. We answered yes. And he basically, I'm a race fan. You know, I've never stopped being a race fan. I remember what it feels like to be a race fan because that's what I am. I know you are Ralph. I see it when we go to a racetrack and you're there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to jump in on that because of Ralph. I mean, I had to, the incredible opportunity to bring Ralph to Cran this year. And I got to see the best part of my year was getting to see Joe Tripp and Ralph Shaheen come to Crandon and kind of express their joy for the first time and seeing the short course off-road thing that we do through their eyes. And it was just yeah. like we're back at being kids again. And it kind of made me a kid again. And, you know, it, it speaks exactly to what Marshall said, you know, all the concern and all the noise and all the rules and all the things goes back to, you know, Ralph Shaheen and Joe Tripp sitting there, the infield of Cranon, like little 13 year olds jumping him down and having a great time. And that's, a, that, that was, that was a remark that you said is exactly spot on. And yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent true. I mean, look at the background of Marshall's office there and the same thing here in mine. And we're all the same way. 
we, we got all this stuff hanging on our walls because we're fans of this stuff. You know, um, you'd have to look pretty far and wide around here to see a lot of stuff that's not racing related hanging on the walls, you know, um, because that's what we're all into. We are all fans at heart. We just have taken our passions even further and have been very fortunate to find a way to make our passion a career. Uh, it doesn't mean we're less passionate about it than when we were uh, at seven, eight years old. Uh, we're just lucky to make a career out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, very well said, Ralph. And, you know, I, I hear your voice at, at a super cross race. I hear your, you know, I hear your voice when I talk to you on the phone. And now you've got the same excitement. It's not a manufactured thing. It's coming from your soul. And Absolutely. And well, look, you, you, can't, you can't do this um, game on any level of you're going to be in this industry. You can't do it unless you're 100 percent in it takes everything i know every single one of you on this panel right now have worked crazy hours given up family functions missed out on birthdays and holidays missed your buddy's wedding didn't do this didn't do that because you were either working on a deadline trying to get something out the door trying to you know put your dream into action and was all involved in racing but there isn't anybody on this panel that would do it differently if they had to do it all over again. You would maybe even miss more if you thought it would get you a little bit further in, a little <laughs> bit faster and quicker than you could have the last time around. It's just part of it. You know, um, people ask my wife all the time, and I know you guys' wives have all gone through this. They say, they'll say to my wife, Kimberly, how can you put up with his schedule and everything? She's like, are you kidding? Like, I didn't know this when I met the guy. This is who he is. This is what he is. You can't change that. This is what they're all about. And I support him every way. And we just make it work for our family. And I know Marty makes it work for his. And Paul, you've made it work for you. And Marshall, I know you've made it work with your wife. It's just what you do. You figure out how to make it happen. Absolutely. And, you know, the, I think we share one thing. We want to we wanna share this with our friends. And the extended family that we have in the community of racing, they're the friends we're sharing it with. And again, back to what this week has been like, I, I missed everybody. I get to see so many people I know and so many people I want to know. I've been able to just, it, I just had this on, even when I wasn't on a panel, I've had it on so I could hear their voices. It's, it's a, it, I, you know, it, this has been my life for about 47 years. And to have it just stop dead like that has been very strange. And to have the races go forward has been really, you know, inspiring. Uh, but like, uh, I'm, I've still got a little bit of Chris Mackey in me. I hear the sound <laughs> of the engines and I want to be in the pits, you know, uh, I'm, you know, and uh, that's what I always loved about Chris. He was that way. And, you know, I think that they're, we're in a, we're in a great moment for all of us. I want us all to succeed. And I, I, I really, uh, this group of people is 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 doing good work for this sport. I, I'm so grateful to know all of you. Paul, can I add one thing to that real quick? Um, you know, Marshall was talking a little bit about why he thinks um, people were connecting to what all of us are putting out there content-wise. And I, I think there's a little bit more to it as well. And that is that it's very apparent that whether it's 
Brad's group at PRN or our friends at ePartrade or I know what Marty's doing up there at Crandon and you folks at Racer and us with Speed Sport, it's very apparent to the race fan when it comes from, we talked about this yesterday, real racers doing this coverage of racing for the racing industry. And we said this yesterday, racing industry meaning everybody, not just the business side, the fans as well. You're all in the, you're all in the racing industry together, right? And I think, as Marshall pointed out, the, the pandemic kind of weeded out some of them that maybe are not as true hardcore racing journalists didn't get to cover some of these events like maybe they have in the past and it was a bit different and and they had an opportunity to see the real hardcore racing journalists covering real racing and doing the great work that they did and it, it maybe gave an opportunity for some of that stuff to come to the top again and uh, maybe that helped. Maybe it did and I think the one thing I'd like to add to that is you know uh, we need more people. Uh, we've been working with Joey Barnes this year, and he's a person that's coming into the sport that really deserves to be in it as a journalist. And I think that there are a lot of them out there that were, are us when we were younger. And it's up to us to figure out how to get them into the sport, all of us, not just racing. There's, there's some really very talented young people out there, and I know you guys are trying to uh, get them in and find places for them as well as we are at Speed Sport. And uh, we've been very fortunate to get some young guys on our side, like Adam Fenwick and Jacob Steelman and, and push those guys out there and, and let them do things that uh, some of us older guys aren't, aren't as creative understanding how some of the newer technology works <laughs> to push that contact, uh, content out there. Uh, but it's fun to watch them and learn from them all the time. It is, and the sport is always renewing itself every week, every weekend, every season it's renewal. and you know, we're going to be renewed into fertilizer at some point. So there's got to be somebody <laughs> coming along <laughs> to replace us all. <laughs> or speed bumps. I'm not sure what. But, uh, well, I think we're, we're over time. But I just want to say, God, it's nice to be with you guys. <laughs> it really is. Thank you. This is fun. Paul, can, I, uh, can I mention one, the one thing that might not have been accurately reported this year to close, possibly? Yeah, sure. So collectively, we all have spent 2020 telling whatever story might be. We know that this year, the financial ravages uh, teams have faced, tracks, the fans, uh, you know, everyone's livelihood. Everyone has suffered this year. I just wanted to pay tribute to you, Paul to Francis, to Ralph, to Marty, to, to everybody here, because the story, frankly, we don't tell. We're not going to say this in, a, in on our own media outlets, but I know how hard you all have worked to keep all the names that are on the background here from ePart Trade to Racer to Speedsport, you name it. I can guarantee you everyone here and many others have a story about that night they went to sleep and weren't sure if, when they woke up the next day in 2020, if they were going to be filing bankruptcy, unemployment, and that favorite outlet on off-road, road racing, NASCAR, whatever, was going to be gone. And you talked about racers, Paul, and resilience and overcoming problems. Just wanna shower some well-deserved love on you and everyone else 
because I don't think the average reader really understands our industry almost entirely collapsed and through the individual efforts of all of you and many others, we're still able to do this. And so that is, again, I, I know we're not tooting our own horn. I'm just saying for folks who think that we just make, wake up and make the news and it's easy. No, this whole thing almost came to a grinding stop. And finally, Paul, I have intentionally avoided every single Zoom meeting this entire year, sanctioning bodies, manufacturers, everything. This is the first Zoom I've done all year. <laughs> because it was you and ePart Trade and the panel here, because y'all deserve uh, whatever silly amount of uh, attention that we can generate here. So you got me to do Zoom, Fanner. That's another thing to, to talk about well, as well. Uh, it's, not, it's not over, you're gonna do more Zoom, uh, because I think we've got, we've, we've got some ideas here to take this forward. But thank you for saying that. You know, I have to also say, this has been, it has been a difficult year. People pay us slowly or not at all. We, we, we're all dealing with these things, but we've been through it before, and I'm absolutely convinced we'll all get through it and come out stronger for it. We're doing this because we learned something. Mm. You know, this is, uh, oh, gee, we need, we, this is the wicker bell on the back of the wing. We can go about eight seconds a lap quicker now. <laughs> so I, I, I think there's learnings all the way through this. Everyone we've worked with, I appreciate everybody that's a, in our contributor base, I, uh, our or advertisers that stuck with us. But I just appreciate this moment uh, that we've had this week with, with ePartrade. Um, I, I, I think this, uh, this has been a, a learning experience for me, but it, what it really reminded me of is how good the people are in this industry. Um, it's been a parade of really good people that I wanna be around and uh, from front to back, and it continues to be that. And I'm, I drive home every, every night realizing I've invested my life wisely in things that are worthy. Amen. Amen. Yep. So, well, you know, I, I feel like I'm like an outsider coming in, kind of like. Come on in. You're the you're the pope yeah. of this uh, palace here. <laughs> well, no, th th thank you so much, each and every one of you. Uh, I mean, we put this event together because we felt an obligation. I mean, we felt like this is an industry we love. This is kind of like, what can we do? You know, we can't stay there and wait and. Uh, and as we mentioned many times, is was a lot of work, but then it was a combined effort with Paul and everyone at Racer. And uh, and I remember when we started the ID, Paul said the media panel was very important for you. And Paul said, we've got to get a media panel. And then John said, we've got to get engine builders because th there are tons of engine builders in the industry. And then Judy said, we've got to get the team owners because you know they are the driving force. And then Paul went back, we need the sanctioning bodies. And I said, we need the international guys. And we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and boom. I mean, that's it. And we, I mean, it's just that when you look at when we started Monday morning with Roger Penske, and we're going to end the tomorrow evening with Gene Campbell, you know, head of GM uh, uh, for Motorsport. I mean, and in between 150 industry leaders, including you guys, that making this industry so great. So I, I, I just, I'm speechless. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Well, we owe you a debt of gratitude, Francisque. And I will tell you one humorous fact is the first two invitations that I sent out the morning we started this were to Roger Penske and Jim Campbell. 
Um, <laughs> the two people I wanted most on this panel. Uh, I, I admire both of them deeply, and uh, and I'm, uh, really think they're 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 terrific people. So I think we begin and end with my my two first choices. So uh, that's fantastic. That's the important finder's magic. That's what I say. <laughs> Voila. <laughs> <laughs> so what what a great great fun and uh, and Marty we're we're having breakfast next week. <laughs> Lots to talk about, Paul. So like we say, do. Fine. It's going to be good to see you. And, uh, and and thank you again. And I'm going to see everybody again tomorrow morning. And Marshall, yes. thanks please for showing up on Zoom. And Marshall, please come back on Zoom. It's fun. You know? <laughs> Brother, I've got enough going on in my no, I know, life. I understand. And What's staring that? at the ugly man. And I look, I see my face staring back at me. So that's the worst part. That's why I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Put the gun with you. Then you see everyone. Uh, but thank so, you, thank you thank all you. very, very, very much. Uh, we went a bit over time, but that's that's part of it. So what a delight! Uh, we're going to end it now. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow morning at six forty-five. I'm just going to sleep here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank Take care, everybody. Bye, bye. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.